What's up, what's up, everyone online? We are glad you are joining us wherever you are around the globe. Welcome, my name is Benji. I get the awesome privilege to serve around here. And welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you who are at our watch parties at our campus locations. Welcome yourself. Those of you online, welcome them. We are glad you are here. I'm so excited that you would be here with us today. And uh, regardless of where you are, whether you are online or whether you are on site, welcome to the New Hope Worship experience. Um, these are different kinds of days, and the beauty of doing these watch parties at the campuses is that it allows folks to decide their comfort level and what they want to do. If you want to stay at home, listen, that is perfectly fine. We totally understand. We, you're still very much a part of our ministry. For those of you who are a little more comfortable and you're ready to come on out and be a part of it, you're welcome as well. We are all one church. Can I get an amen? Now, you have no idea how good that sounds right there. You got to understand, I've been preaching since March to a camera. And <laughs> so it's just really, really good to have some flesh and blood in front of me. And uh, we are going to go get this new series. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to the book of Philippians. Now, we will be pulling joy passages um, throughout the Bible, but our anchor for this series is the book of Philippians. So you can go ahead and open up to Philippians chapter one. I mean, right in the very beginning. And as you're doing that, let me just kind of frame the series, if you will. Let's talk about joy. Joy is elusive. Most people spend their entire lives looking for joy. The United States of America was founded on the idea that an unalienable God-given right is the right to the pursuit of happiness for all people. Amen? But we didn't need the founding fathers, did we, to tell us that we all want to be happy. Most of us are driven by this desire to be happy. Our workaholism, if you will, quite often is a desire to appear successful and thus be happy. Our desire to have children quite often is that we think that if we will have children, we will unlock the door to happiness. <laughs> Parents have discovered that doesn't always work. But we have that desire or that latest toy or that newest fad. We think we're going to be happy when we reach that. And yet what I will spend a lot of time doing in this series is I will be differentiating between happiness and joy because there's a very big difference. C.S. Lewis put it like this. Check this out. C.S. Lewis said, most people, if they really looked into their own hearts, would know that they do want and want acutely something that cannot be had in this world. He continues, there are all sorts of things in this world that offer to give it to you, but they never quite keep their promises. But come on now, I stopped by today to let you know that God is a God who always keeps his promises. And God tells us in his word that we can actually experience joy. That something, according to Lewis, 
is joy, and it is joy unlimited. And it's very deeper than our shallow attempts to experience happiness. Happiness like you might find in a McDonald's Happy Meal. You guys remember those? I don't even know if they still have those. But I gotta tell you, I came across a, a precious, beautiful little girl on the internet this week. It went viral. You might have seen it. But as I watched this little girl, I thought, you know what? She is actually articulating a lot of our disappointment, a lot of our struggle with the pandemic that we have been experiencing since somewhere around March. The little girl was not happy that everything had shut down, especially her McDonald's. Check this out. There is crying over spilt milk, and then there is bawling over the ice cream truck. We have all been frustrated with the many sacrifices we've had to make throughout the coronavirus quarantine. But one little girl from the valley perfectly sums up what we're all feeling. Teen 12's William Pitts dissects her now viral video and catches up with her family. Hey, Will. Four-year-old Blake's coronavirus meltdown has been seen around the world because really, She's just a smaller version of all of us. We explained kind of the shutdown, you know, dance classes would be done for a while and jujitsu would be done. And when we mentioned dance class, Blake lost it. Lost it. Now everything in this world has to shut all the way down to nobody has to go anywhere because of their shutdown. Blake didn't just lose it. She launched into an epic rant, one that we can all relate to. That ice cream truck line sent another kid crying. And the water truck place shut down, which is my favorite breakfast. We can't go anywhere. Not even McDonald's, which is my favorite restaurant. The biggest tears ever. Blake's dad tries to correct her. You can pick up McDonald's in the drive-thru. No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> you can't. You can. You can go in the drive-thru, but you can't go on the playground. <laughs> Come on, moment of confession is good for your soul. How many of you have felt like that little girl at some point in time? We could have kept showing you when, when her dad tried to tell her, listen, listen, babe, we can go through the drive-thru. She wasn't having it because then she started telling him, yeah, but I can't go into the playground and that just stinks. We can all relate, can we not? But you need to know this. Even in the midst of a pandemic, we can still experience joy. If you're online, just go ahead and type that into the chat section. Just type in the word joy. Philippians chapter one, verse one and two. If you're ready for the word of the Lord, for those of you who are with me and those of you who are online, just type it in. Let me hear an amen. amen. Here we go. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you got your Bibles, grab a pen, or if you're on an iPad or whatever, just highlight it, whatever the case may be. Circle or highlight servants of Christ Jesus. Go back one slide. Servants of Christ Jesus. You see, the truth is, I could actually teach an entire message on that one point. Servants of Christ Jesus. Paul is letting us know 
that one of the secrets to experiencing true joy in life started 2,000 years ago, and it is this. If you're a note taker, write this down. One of the truest ways to experience joy in life is to what, church? Is to serve others for the cause of Christ. One of the things I've missed about not being in person at all of our campuses is seeing all of the world changers wearing their shirts, which proudly declare on the back of their shirts. You remember what it says? I know it's been a long time. Here to serve. Here to serve. And we do that for a number of reasons, but I'm telling you, the scriptures are clear and right here in the very beginning, right out of the gate, Paul is letting us know one of the truest ways to experience joy is to serve others. Any of you guys familiar with the movement, I am second? I am second. You, you've seen me wear the bracelets before, I am second. It's a great Great movement, I encourage you to check it out online. You can go and you see all these powerful testimonies, people declaring their faith in Jesus Christ. And the whole movement, again, I'm a big fan. I've got some of their swag. I got a shirt, I wear some of their bracelets. The whole, the whole point of the movement is that Jesus is first and I am second. Amen? Amen. Now, I didn't just do that to trick you because like I said, I wear their stuff too. But as I was getting ready for the message this week, I had what I believe is a divine epiphany. It's really not Jesus is first and I am second. It's Jesus is first, others are second, and I am third. Let me, let me show you how it would look. I'm gonna give you an acrostic that you shall never forget from this day forward. Joy, J-O-Y, is Jesus others, yourself. Now, the whole I am second deal, again, is great because it, it just keeps us humble and it reminds us that God is first in everything. But as we're talking about joy, when you put others first, it is key. And that's what's kind of been hard about this pandemic, has it not? We've had a hard time figuring out how to serve. It's difficult. We haven't been meeting on Sundays that's where so many of you serve. But there are still ways to serve. And as the stay at home has been lifted, there will be more and more opportunities for us as a church to get out and serve. But do you know that when you're online and you're being a positive force for Christ online, check it out, you're serving others. When you're able to like or share something that is Christ-centered, you are serving others. Others. The staff went out this week to a local retirement center. <laughs> they went out and they, um, they led a worship celebration at this uh, retirement center. And it was really, really cool because they led in worship and then they had a message where they were teaching and uh, then they were just walking around loving on the folks. And uh, the staff uh, have told me how for many of them, that turned their week around. Not just did it bless those who were at the retirement center, it blessed the staff because they were able to get out and serve. And we get that, come on church, we get that from Jesus Christ who was the chief servant. Mark 10, 45 puts it like this. Why don't you read it out loud with me wherever you are? Here we go. 
Go, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Hey, if you're a note taker, write this down. It's not on the screen. I put it in here early this morning. The measure of a person's greatness is not the number of servants he or she has, but the number of people he serves. That's where greatness comes from. Back to the text, Philippians chapter one, verses three through six, check it out. I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with what? It's the theme that runs throughout the book of Philippians. Joy runs throughout the entire book. I pray with joy because of your partnership. Circle or underline that word partnership. In the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this. Oh, I love this next part. Read it out loud with me. Ready? Go. That he who began a good work in you will carry it onto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, this is very much related to point one, that joy comes when I put others above myself, when I serve. But Paul adds an incredibly valuable layer to this whole discussion of joy. Check it out. You see, I can serve others alone, and some of you have been doing that. And it's okay. It's better than not serving people. But when we serve in partnership together, that's when serving and joy, if you will, goes to a whole nother level. This is really, really important. It's the power of partnership. Everybody say partnership. Those of you online, type it in. Just type in the word partnership. And it gives me a great time to just remind us, and this has been the hardest thing for me during this pandemic, is I've felt like we've been so scattered but it gives me a great time to remind us all at the beginning of this series, we are in partnership together under the biblical mandate to what, church? Reach, teach, and release. Say it with me. Reach, teach, and release. Again, this is what's been hard about this season. But let me be clear we still have one clarion call as a movement. It is to reach people with the hope of Jesus. Can I get an amen? To teach them to follow God's word. Can I get an amen? And to release world changers. Everybody say it, reach, teach, release. That's what we are about. And Paul says, I always pray with joy because of our partnership. God has always used partnership to accomplish his purposes in the world. Think about it. God placed Adam and Eve together. Why? Because it was not good to be alone, right? You know the scriptures. God gave Moses a helper, his brother who? Aaron. Jesus chose 12 men as his close Associates, we know them as the apostles. And Paul had his partners, Silas, Barnabas, and in this book, Philippians, man, Timothy is his man. Partnership, it is key. 
And it gives me a chance to offer a huge thank you to the movement. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your partnership, particularly in this season, in the area of your generosity. We're in this mandate to reach, teach, and release. And I gotta tell you, I didn't know what was gonna happen to our church in the midst of this season. And I come today to let you know And I'm so thankful and I'm so proud to be able to share this with you that if you look at our giving this year, year to date, over last year, remember last year? 2019. Anybody wanna go back? Count me in. (laughs) Hands popping up. But guess what? Even in the midst of this pandemic, no on-site worship since like March, our giving has been consistent with where it was this time last year. Can you just give yourself a hand for that and celebrate that unbelievable generosity in the life of this church? And maybe you've never really thought about giving and tithing in this kind of way, but the truth is we are in partnership together. When we tithe and honor Christ in his church, I can think of no more powerful way in which we can partner together to lift high the calls of Christ and celebrate his goodness in the world. Go to verse 12, skip down. Verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace, guard, and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, Most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Now stick with me here for a moment. Who remembers where Paul was in this very moment? He's in jail. He says, I'm in chains for Christ. This was written, let me show you a picture of the jail. I've been there, you'll you'll see this here. Here's a picture of, you have to go underground to get to this particular cell. They still show it, people go, tours go all the time. Let me take you inside this. This is where we believe, antiquity teaches, where Paul lived out his ministry during these days, writing on paper, sending his letters out to the church. Look at this next one. Now think about it. We've all kind of felt like we've been in jail, right? Maybe some of you have. If you have, glad you're out, glad you're here. <laughs> but it's been, it's been like a prison of pandemic nature, if you will. And yet, Paul is writing to us in this situation with the key theme of this letter being joy which should tell us that we too can experience joy in the midst of this hellacious season. If you're a note taker and you're writing the margins of your Bible, I hope you will. About 800 miles, you might jot this down, about 800 miles separate Paul from his church. And the date is somewhere around 54 to 62 AD. In other words, several decades have passed since Christ was crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected. And Paul is coming to us in the midst of that situation saying, you 
can have joy and have it immensely. Verse 12. Now I want you to know. No, we just read that. Go down to verse uh, 18. Yes, and I will continue to what? Rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my, circle this word right here, deliverance. For my deliverance. Let's continue. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, read this out. Come on, you know this verse. For to me, to live is what? And to die is, Paul is like, hey, I know I'm in a tough predicament and it's hard, but I'm gonna conclude that this is me being in chains for Christ. And I have concluded that if I die here, that's, that's gain. But if I live, if God continues to let me live, I'm going to live to the glory and the honor of Christ. And I just gotta ask this question as we start to wrap up today. And I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm talking to you. Could it be that the pandemic known as COVID-19 is our form as a church of being in chains for Christ? Could it be that God wants to use this season to bring about greater glory and greater honor to Jesus Christ. You wanna flip that switch. You wanna start thinking about it from a positive perspective and not consistently negative. If you listened to last week's message, and I don't know if you did, Pastor Mike Bro, our teaching pastor, taught out of Daniel. And Mike said, sometimes God delivers us from the fire. Sometimes God delivers us through the fire, he said. And sometimes God delivers us by the fire. And I just can't help but wonder. It's the question I've been asking myself. Could it be that this pandemic that I Loathe. I mean, guys, I can't stand this season. And neither can you. A lot of us are like that little girl who was crying about not getting a happy meal. Because as humanity, we loathe uncertainty. And that's where we've been living. But what I'm doing these days is I'm trying to actually flip the script. And I'm starting to ask myself, God, what is it you are trying to call us to in the days ahead? What is this new normal that if we could see on the other side of it, we would see goodness 
and beauty and the church being more radiant and beautiful than she's ever been before. That, that word deliverance, remember I had you circle it? For those of you who know the scripture, your mind goes back to Exodus, does it not? Remember the story? Moses and ancient Israel had been wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. Moses was a typical man. He wouldn't stop and ask for directions. So he wandered around and he wandered around. And as they got ready to get into the position to cross over into the promised land, maybe like you and definitely like me, they're, they're reaching back. Ancient Israel's reaching back to the certainty of yesterday, back to the normalcy of yesterday, back to the routine of yesterday. And what we find is the word of the Lord teaches us from that story how we should step on in to the future and the season. God wanted them to go to the promised land, but they were in the desert. Now, let me teach you something. Most of us, when we think of the word desert, we think of dryness. You've heard people say, maybe you've said, maybe you've been here. I've been in a desert lately. And what we really mean by that is I've been in a spiritually dry place, right? But check this out. The word desert doesn't mean dryness. The word desert actually means uninhabited. Uninhabited. Now stick with me here for just a moment. A desert period doesn't necessarily have to mean a dry period. It's just a place where you've never been before. And the interesting thing about this season is that we're all in the same place. We've never been here before. This is unprecedented. This is uninhabited. And this is why, again, we keep trying to reach back to the normalcy, to the familiar. And maybe, just maybe, God's asking us to forget about that and step into the future that he's calling us to step into. If I'm not preaching to you, I'm telling you, I'm preaching to me. Because I've got to remember this. You will never see the next level of greatness for you or, I believe, our church if we're not willing to just step through it. Hear me, church. The moment when you're about to quit, and I know so many of us have just wanted to quit. The moment when you're about ready to quit is often the moment right before the miracle happens. Don't give up. We're going to make it through. We're going to get through to the next level. We're going to get through what God has in store for us. And I am by no means saying God is the author of the coronavirus, but here's what I know. God will use it to redeem it for his good. Come on now. He will use it to redeem it for his good and his glory. For we know that in all things, 
God works together for good to who? Those who love Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 28. Romans 8, 28 still stands even in July 2020 when we feel like we can't take it anymore. Romans 8, 28 still stands. So here they are, right? I've been there. They're up on Mount Nebo. They're looking into the promised land. Moses has been a horrible directional leader, if you will, in the wilderness. Remember, he doesn't even get to go into the promised land. But they're standing up there and they're about to cross over. And I want to read just a few more passages of scripture for you because they really speak to us around this concept of deliverance. Exodus 14, 13. Let's read it out loud together. I know you got your mask on, but that means you got to read extra loud, right? So I can hear you. And those of you who are at home, read it with me as well. Ready? Go. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. Circle, underline, oh, go back, go back. Go. Circle or underline this words, these words, stand firm. Everybody say it with me. Stand firm. Now say it like you mean it. Stand firm. All right, next slide. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be Still, to stand firm, to trust God. He's still good. He still has a bright future for you. He still has a future that is good for this church. We are to stand firm and we tend to take things by our own hand right? We tend to want to reach back and change. I mean, you just watch the news these days or get involved in a, an educational board meeting about whether or not kids should go back to school or we do online learning, right? Everybody wants to, to get their way, get their agenda. And I understand that. But what the word of the Lord says is stand firm. Say it with me. Stand firm. One more time. Stand firm. Now watch this though. <laughs> Go to verse 15, Exodus 14, 15. You read that so well. Let's read this out loud. Ready? Go. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Wait, 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 wait. You just told me to stand firm. What's up? Now you're telling me to move on. Which one is it? God, it's both. It's both. Put it together. We are to stand strong and move on. Stand strong in the conviction that God is good. Stand strong in the conviction that God still has a plan for your life. And Jeremiah tells us that it is good for you to prosper. Stand strong and move on. And we will get through this. And it will be good. Can I ask you a question? And then I'm going to give you some really quick points of application. When was the last time you felt real joy? Real, authentic, 
deep-seated joy. And I know it's been in short supply, which is why I'm fired up about this series. Each and every week we're gonna get in here and we're gonna just get in the word of God and I'm gonna teach you as practically as I know how, how to create joy. Now notice I said create joy. Notice I said that. I don't believe we just stumble upon joy. Stick with me here for a moment. I don't believe we just stumble upon joy and we just find it. No, 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 no. I believe we create it. It's a mindset. It's a, it's a being grounded in the gospel. And I wanna just give you some things right here on the front end of this series and then I'm done. But here are, here are three things that I want you to start integrating into your life now for the whole series. These points of application are not just for today or not just for this week. They're for the entire series. Three important practices to reclaim your joy. These are very practical. If you're not taking notes, I highly encourage you to jot these down. And I know you might not have anything to write on in here, and I get that, and maybe I'll post, I will post these. Three important practices to reclaim your joy. Number one, create a joy list. Create a joy list. In dark times, in challenging times, we tend to forget about the things that make us joyful. Here's what I want you to do, practically speaking. This is a homework assignment. Do this, beloved, do this. Create a top 10 list of things that nourish you and bring you joy. Do you even remember what those are anymore? These are large and small things that you do regularly in life to cultivate joy. For example, these activities could include everything from gardening <laughs> to eating a peach, right? to walking in nature, engaging in some form of creative expression, to reading, to meditating, or talking with a friend. I know it's silly, but here's one of the things I love to do. If you ever see me out in public and it's a sunny day and I'm like this right here, I'm not, I'm not like praying. <laughs> I'm just facing the sun to feel the sun on my face. It can be anything that gives you joy, the smell of the fragrance of a flower. It's your personal list. What is it that brings you joy? Another thing I love, to, I love to ride my motorcycle. Thankfully, thankfully, I can socially distance on my Harley. Praise God. It's a beautiful thing. It's your personal list. It's no one else's list. You're different. God has uniquely made you. What is it? Some of you are already writing them down. What is it that brings you joy? Create that list and then soak it all in. Do it. Get out and do the things that give you joy. Secondly, and I'm telling you, this is, oh my Lord, the first one's big, but this is massive. Keep a gratitude journal. Keep a gratitude journal. For this exercise, here's all you do. Take a notebook or a journal. It can be a, a sticky notes. Whatever you can find, I encourage you to get a journal and just jot it down. And several times a week, at least three times a week, if you wanna take it to the next level, do it every day. 
but several times a week, just write down or type in the things for which you are grateful. This changes everything. You can expand the scope of your gratitude as you keep doing this, but I promise you, if you get in the habit of jotting down daily or at least three times a week the things for which you are most grateful, you will see the joy in your life increase. Again, it can, it can range from things like sunshine in the morning to the larger things, the generosity of friends, to silly things like your favorite band. What, what are the things that you're most grateful for? And as you do this, as you write, listen, go for depth over breath. Elaborating in detail about the particular things or a person for which you're grateful carries all kinds of benefits in your joy. Joanna Macy, an activist, said this, the most important thing to do is find your gratitude for life. Take stock of your strengths and give thanks for what you have and for the joys you've been given because that is the fuel for a joyful life. And here's the third one related to the very first thing Paul says right out of the gate that he is a servant of Christ. Number three, help serve others. From smiling at a stranger on the street to sending a thank you card to being a positive force for Christ online to serving a neighbor down the street. Just serve other people. Remember, Jesus others, and yourself. Say that with me. Jesus, others, yourself. One more time. Jesus, others, yourself. Scientific research provides compelling data to support the anecdotal evidence that giving, just giving to other people is a viable pathway to lasting joy. Something about it. When I put self on the back burner, and I put others in front of myself and I serve them, my joy goes up. So there's a homework assignment, if you will, to do this week. And I'm asking you to do it for the entire series. There'll be other points of application we'll get into, but these three should be the overarching points of application over the next month or so. Amen? If you receive it, let me hear you celebrate and praise the Lord. Come on. Let's pray before we worship one more time with a great, great song. Father, um, thank you that we can have joy in seasons such as this. And the truth is, God, none of us signed up for this. None of us wanted 2020 to unfold like this. But thanks be to your son, Jesus Christ, and the gospel itself. God, we can live even in the midst of a pandemic and be in this world, but not of this world. We can experience your joy. So God, I pray for every single person listening to this message today or next week, 
or next year or five years from now. God, we have no idea what we will be facing then. Would you take your word and would you instill within us this joy that is undeniable? Father, would you help us apply this message? Would you help us serve others? Would you help us get into the habit of a gratitude journal? Would you help us create a joy list and then, and then act on that list, Father God, to do those things that you have supernaturally created us to enjoy and to rise above the fray, Father God, to stand firm in the midst of this season and yet move on to the future that you have for us. God, we love you today. And Lord, for the person who is listening anywhere, for the person who is listening, God, and they, they need this joy. And the truth is they're not even sure they've ever really come to know you, the true joy giver. I wanna give an opportunity, Father, for them to just open their hearts, minds, their soul and accept you into their life, to, to receive the joy that comes from a relationship with you, that comes from the realization that you died on a cross for us, that you shed your blood for my sins and that you come even now as the true joy giver, but you promise me an eternity with you where there will be nothing less than divine joy. If that's you and you're listening to this message, I wanna invite you to just ask the Lord Jesus into your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my savior. Thank you for saving me of my sins and from my sins. I invite you in as the Lord of my life, the master. And I will follow you all the days of my life to the best of my ability. And when I fall short, Lord God, I will come back and I will ask you to forgive me and restore and redeem me and help me move on to your glory and your honor. I am yours. Thank you for being mine. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, wherever you are, if you just prayed that prayer, our church wants to let you know exactly how we feel about your decision to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Come on, church. Welcome to the family of God. We're so glad you're here. We want you to text. Just take out your phone and text SAVED to 59769. We want to resource you and equip you to grow in your faith. Hey, it's time to worship. It's also time to return to the Lord his tithes and our offerings. So if you would like to sow into the ministries of this church, you just text NH Movement to 77977. Again, follow the prompts. Or if you're at a watch party, we do have giving boxes at each location, big black giving boxes. Uh, you can't miss them. And it's just our way to make it more convenient for you. I don't think we will ever, ever pass an offering basket again at New Hope Church. This season has shown us we don't have to do this because online giving is the most secure, reliable, and safe way to honor God. You guys ready to worship? All right, we're gonna sing a song, God, you're so good. Say, God is good, God is good. 
All the time. All the time. God is good. Let's stand and worship. Come on, here we go.